So we're very much looking forward to having at least a portion of the congregation back here. And boy, I wish you could have been here to witness in this place the, the beautiful prelude that Cameron and Will did for us. Just an amazingly powerful uh, work of art is what it was. And we were privileged to be here to see that. But that's part of the experience. That's part of the reason we come together to experience worship together. Yes, yes, the, the online experience has carried us. But there's a reason that we gather. And I look forward to that. And I hope you'll be with us Wednesday as we talk about what it's going to take uh, for that to happen. One of the things that happens to us when we get into a time uh, of intensity like we've been in for a while with, with different things is it's very easy to get narrowly focused. Part of what we want to, to see happen this fall is for us to gain again that larger context in which we understand our lives and we understand God's purpose in our lives. And one piece of that is that, that sometimes, even in the context of, of our church itself, we get a little focused just on ourselves, as though the Forest Lake Church just kind of exists as its own thing. But we're not our own thing. The Forest Lake Church is a part of a larger group called the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And just, just a quick look at uh, some data about the Adventist Church, and this is actually almost two years old, this data, but as of the end of December 2018, the Seventh-day Adventist Church had 88,718 churches worldwide. So we're one of those numbers, one of that number, plus 72,843 companies. Well, what's that? Well, a company is like a church, but it hasn't actually grown to the point where it's officially organized and recognized as a church itself. So that's, that's uh, 160,000 uh, roughly out there, churches like ours that gathered in whatever way they could today to worship. 21,414,779 members. Now, that number was growing at about a million a year, and this is two years ago, so that number plausibly now is closing in on 24 million members. Just put that in context. There's only about a million Seventh-day Adventists in North America. 23 million somewhere else. Big picture, right? Kind of changes your look a little. So where is the Adventist church? Where is it happening? Well, the United Nations recognizes 235 countries and areas in the world. Go ahead and go to the next slide there. 235 countries and areas. Adventists are established in 213 of those 235. It's everywhere. Working in 557 different language groups. Adventists are big on education. 6,106 elementary schools around the world. Uh, Forest Lake Education Center, Fleece, is one of the largest Adventist elementary schools in the world. 2,549 secondary schools, like Forest Lake Academy. And 118 tertiary schools, like Advent Health University or Southern Adventist University, around the world with a total enrollment of 1,881,571 students. Those are remarkable numbers. 
But that's not all. There's, there's 22 food industries around the world, 211 hospitals and sanitariums. Advent Health is a part of that number. 60 publishing houses. It's not a small organization. And you would expect that an organization of this size would need to have a mission statement. And in fact, the Seventh-day Adventist Church does have a mission statement. And it's, it changes a little through time as, as different groups come along and craft the language. And, and so I want to read you the latest version of the Seventh-day Adventist mission statement. And you know, the tendency over the years has been to make them shorter. But here's where it is. So in a shorter one, you know, you're only going to include in there the things you think are most important. Well, here it is. Our mission, make disciples of Jesus Christ who live as his loving witnesses and proclaim to all people the everlasting gospel of the three angels' messages in preparation for his soon return. All right. Now, in hearing that, you might think, well, okay, a lot of that, that's fairly generic Christian. And, and that's true. That's fair. Make disciples. That's Matthew 28, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples. That's pretty generic. Who live as his loving witnesses. Now, this is, is kind of two texts. There's, there's Acts 1, verse 8, that says, you will be my witnesses. And then there's John 13, 35, that says, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. So again, this is pretty generic. You can find this just about anywhere. So make disciples of Jesus Christ who live as his loving witnesses and proclaim to all people the everlasting gospel. Okay, well, now the wording there is a little interesting. You might say a lot of Christian churches would say proclaim the gospel. So it's generic in that sense. However, it is at this point that it begins to get specific. Not just the gospel, the mission statement says, the everlasting gospel. Why that language? And not only does it say that, it says, to proclaim to all people the everlasting gospel of the three angels' messages in preparation for Jesus' soon return. So, so here's where it gets specific. Everlasting gospel, three angels' messages, and then that last part about the soon return of Jesus. Now, that's not necessarily unique. There are a lot of Christian groups saying Jesus is likely to return soon. But it is key to understanding the larger context. Previous versions of this Adventist mission statement didn't just say three angels' messages. It literally listed the text, Revelation 14, 6 through 12. So what would success, according to this mission statement, be for us as Seventh-day Adventists? Well, we'd be loving disciples who witness to the everlasting gospel in the context of the expectation of Jesus' soon return. There's a lot we could talk about here. We could talk about how important it is for us as Seventh-day Adventists to be loving. And we've done that. We've talked about that. These are the people I love. That was the whole theme there. We could talk about how important it is to be a disciple. And we've talked about that. In fact, that's a part of the vision for the whole church, this, this idea of passion for God, passion for people, passion for service. This is discipleship. So we've talked about that. We could talk about what it means to witness. 
There's a lot of different ways that takes place. That's probably a subject we could explore. And these are all worthy topics, and we've spoken of them all. But this fall, I want us to focus on the content of what we as loving disciples are witnessing to. What is the content of this witness? And is there something special that we, by taking the name Seventh-day Adventists, are accepting as very key to our purpose? This mission statement said the everlasting gospel of the three angels' messages in expectation of Jesus' soon return. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I'm talking here about the three angels' messages, and you might be thinking, what is that? Well, let me read it to you. Revelation chapter 14, beginning in verse 6. Now, I'm going to read this to you in the King James Version, and you're thinking, why in the world would you do that? I'll tell you why. I will do that. I will do that because that's the version that our founders used. And because that's the version they used, the language from these words is the language that has come forward to our time. And to really understand the context of what they were saying, we need to read the words they were reading. So here we go. Revelation 14, verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. That's where that term comes from. Everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel, a second angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And it is at this point that we might be inclined to admit that this is a rather strange passage to include in a mission statement for a denomination of 24 million people. Why? Well, because it's kind of complicated. It's not as straightforward as go therefore and make disciples. It's not as straightforward as you are my witnesses. It's not as straightforward as by this shall all know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. It's a little more complicated than that. But I believe it's important for us to understand because we stand today on the shoulders of our founders who believed that this Seventh-day Adventist church was not just another generic Christian church, 
but in fact a people called to a specific purpose at a specific time. Here's a question we have to answer for ourselves this fall. Is this something we still believe? So a little survey here. I actually did this series eight years ago, shortly after I first came to the Forest Lake Church. So how many of you were here eight years ago when I did this? Please raise your hands at home. We all see you. How many of you? Eight years ago. The message was important then. But I can't help but think it's even more important now. Now when we get to the end of day, we're going to go through a quick little survey here for you to place yourself in the context of your understanding of these words. But my sense is that we as, a people, we as a people have lost track of these important words and our understanding of our identity and our purpose has begun to slip a bit as a result. I want to take you kind of on an interesting little visual journey here. I want to walk you through a series of logos associated with Adventism and, and, and point out a couple things here specifically relevant to the three angels' messages. So I want to start with the, the official current Seventh-day Adventist church logo. So let's put that one up. There you go. This is the official logo of the Seventh-day Adventist church. And you see in that a lot of the things that are really important to us. So one of the things you see on the bottom there is an open Bible. So we have always said we are or long to be the people of the book. So the Bible is very key to us. But you also see in the middle there, there's a cross. So at the center of it all is the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, you see going up there uh, something that kind of looks like a flame, and you can kind of see by the way it goes that it's, it's wrapping, seemingly wrapping around something spherical. All right, what this is, the flame itself represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. What it's wrapping around there represents the earth in that we believe God has given us a mission to the whole world. You remember the language of the first angel to every kindred, nation, tribe, and people. And you remember the outcome, 213 of 235 recognizable. We have achieved that to a large extent. But I want you to notice something about the flame itself. How many lines are there? I guess you might say six, but if you assume that they're continuous around, there's three. Do you know why there's three? Three angels. That's where that comes from. That is symbolic of the three angels' messages that are to go to the whole world in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's a meaningful logo, and it captures a lot of very important things. Now, it is a logo that was developed here just a few years back. There have been some other things, so I want to show you an older Adventist sign. So let's go to the next one. How many of you remember these? So you, you look at that and you think, oh, my word, that's so 70s. Well, yeah, it was the 70s. That's exactly what it was. And in fact, you've got to give us credit. That's pretty avant-garde for the 70s, right? I mean, we were right there. We were on the cutting edge at that point. 
But one of the things you see there on the left, that represents the world. We've always had this world consciousness. Let's go on. This is a new Adventist sign. You can see the Adventist logo down there on the left. But let me show you another one. This is kind of interesting. This is an elementary school. You see the world there, but you see the three lines. They actually have, uh, actually have angels on theirs, the Jamestown Seventh-day Adventist Church School. That's the three angels. There's that imagery. Adventist youth, the organization of the church. Go on to the next one. The Adventist youth, here's the Adventist youth logo. You have the world, you have the cross, A-Y, Adventist youth, and three angels. There you see it. Adventist education. You have an A with three, three lines across. An A's got a line, right? Well, this one's got three. Why three? Three angels. And you see how it's kind of done as though it's going around the world? That's where this comes from. Adventist World Radio, three trumpets, three angels. Uh, and, uh, an effort, Reach North America, was, uh, was an effort a few years back. And you can see a little bit on that. There's the world. You, you kind of got the lines going there. The three lines would kind of seem to lose an angel there somewhere along the way. But, but you see how even this idea begins to be stylized? Adventist healthcare. There's an A with three lines. But here's the thing. After a while, you begin to wonder, to what degree do people understand where those lines are coming from, or what degree is it just kind of, well, there's three lines like that in the main logo. You see that develop. Let's go on. The next one is Advent Health, uh, Adventist Health. This is actually an organization on the West Coast. No angels on that one. You do have three leaves, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. Next one is Advent Health. That's our one here. We have the cross there, kind of the cross with the butterfly kind of thing there. It's nice. No angels there. Uh, here's an interesting progression. Florida Hospital College of Health, Scientists, uh, Health Science. That was the name a few years ago. You actually have the three flames there. Now, I know education likes to do flames, and it's a little hard to know for sure if if that was intentional, three angels, or, or just kind of accidental, because the next incarnation of that would be Advent, Adventist University of Health Sciences, and we picked up an angel. So now we got four. And then now it's Advent Health University, and we still have the four. But you see kind of the, the, where these ideas come from. Now here's one that you would expect Three Angels Broadcasting Network. Well, you better have something on that or else that's just kind of silly. But you see the world there with the three going around. It is written. It was an old Adventist uh, television program. goes way back. You can see the older logo there. You see the Bible open. You see television in the background. That was the, the venue. And then you see a world with the three lines. But here's the new one. There's no angels on that one, is there? There is a quill. It's written. I mean, it makes sense, but, but the angels fell away from that. It is written. Canada is uh, still hanging on to it. But again, you see how stylized it's become. Voice of Prophecy, the old radio broadcast. You can see the three lines on that one, kind of implying around the world as well. Well, here's the new Voice of Prophecy. It's not there now. It's not there. Now, I'm not picking on any of these things for this. I'm just noting, faith for today. You can kind of see the Adventist logo implied in the eye there, but there's just two. 
Uh, maybe, maybe they lost one to Advent Health University. I don't know where it went. But. International Religious Liberty Association. This is an Adventist organization that works in Washington with a lot of different churches. You got the world, but you've only got the two on the flame. Global Missions used to have a three angels theme. Now it has a, a cities of the world theme, global mission centers. Hope TV. Nice, really good. Um, no angels there, though. Uh, here's an interesting one, Spectrum Magazine. Now, they actually have three little guys up there in the corner, but I, I don't think they're angels. Uh, it says community through... Yeah, I can't read that far from here. Anyway, conversation, that's what it is. Um, but it could be three because of angels. Now, interestingly enough, they have a podcast called Healing the Nations. And on the podcast, you have a world with three lines. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but there it is. Here's another one, Andrews University. There's a flame. There's three little flickers on it, but I kind of think that's probably more of an accident than than necessarily three angels. Loma Linda has a similar thing. See the flame, it kind of has a three, but not really. Here's one that might surprise you, Amazing Facts. One of the more uh, strict uh, to the Bible approaches, but no angels on their logo. Another one is ASI, Adventist Layman Services. But here's what's interesting. Just, a, just about a month ago, the beginning of this month, ASI held a conference, and look what they called their conference. So that's the last, the last one we have here. Three angels' messages into all the world. You got three wings there. So you see it hangs around. So this is just a, a little tour through logos. Now, why do I show you? Well, I'm showing this to you because you can see in this how... In our earlier days, the idea of the three angels was very central to our identity. But you can see now how it's begun to fade. Now, we'll go to that, we'll go to that slide in a minute. We don't have to go to that one yet. But you can see how it's beginning to fade. Why is that happening? Well, I think for one reason, this message of the three angels is kind of complicated and kind of hard to understand. And frankly, we haven't always done a great job explaining it. And here's another piece. It's easy enough to be a people proclaiming the soon coming of the Lord for about a hundred years or so. But it's now been 157 and a quarter years since the Seventh-day Adventist Church was organized. That's time enough for my daughter, Ariel, to be a sixth-generation proclaimer of the soon return of the Lord. Does that sound ironic to anybody? It's my opinion that the last 57 years or so have seen a slow drift from the fervor of the earlier days. And I've got to say, that's fully understandable. Now, here's an interesting point. In the last 57 years, we have, as Adventists, gained what I think are some very important understandings that were weaknesses in the theology passed down to us by the generations before. 
One of those is the true centrality of Jesus within the message. Now, Ellen White tried really hard to help us get there, but it was very hard for us. It was so much easier for us to focus on the timeline of Jesus' return and the events we were expecting and the things we had to do. But as the Lord has tarried, that is a doctrine that has increased in us, and we have understood the role of Jesus better. We, and as a result, we understand grace better than we used to. And we understand love within the Christian community and outside the Christian community much better. And relationship, this love for one another within God's house. But there's another piece here too. I believe we have developed a much healthier theology of the Holy Spirit and our expectation of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. But ironically, as we have grown in these areas that sometimes have manifest themselves a little more strongly and a little more effectively in generic Christianity than they were represented in Adventism, as we have grown in these areas of Christianity in general where we were weak, we have at the same time become somewhat ignorant of the reason we exist as a specific people. Why is there a Seventh-day Adventist church? or as our founders used to like to refer to themselves, as a peculiar people. We've sort of lost our corporate place in the bigger story and just started blending into the crowd. But there is a reason that we are Seventh-day Adventists. And a year like 2020 ought to remind us of that. The three angels' messages always held a very prominent place in the first 100 years of our existence. But do they hold a prominent place with you now? I told you we were going to go through a little survey here, and I want you to reflect as I read through uh, these statements. And, and the question that goes with it is, how many of you would associate yourself with, with each of these? So here's the first statement. I have a deep understanding of these verses, this Revelation 14, 6 through 12. I have a deep understanding of these verses and understand completely why the Seventh-day Adventist Church claims them as a context for all we do. There's a chance some of you over a certain age might say yes to that. There is significantly less of a chance, if you're younger, that you would. The next. I have an understanding of these verses, though not to the degree that I could use them as a context for ministry. It's kind of like, yeah, three angels' messages, but I don't really know what that has to do with what we're doing. Here's the next. I've been told what these verses mean, and frankly, I don't like it, or I don't believe what I was told. There were quite a few people in this category, and because of this category, I think this is one of the reasons that if you're younger, you don't know these messages as well, because that group didn't want to teach them. Here's another one. I have only a vague sense of what these verses might mean. Or... I have heard these verses, but I have no idea 
what they mean. Or maybe this is you. Until you read these verses today, I did not know they were even in the Bible. Okay, so I just defined a continuum here. And every one of us is somewhere on that continuum. I suspect that today, as I talk to you about these words, that they're even more down towards the, I've heard these, but I have no idea what they mean, side, than there even was eight years ago. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not saying we haven't been doing important things. We haven't been focusing on important things. But I think 2020 is calling us back to remember some things. So anytime you have a complicated passage like this and we're trying to make it a part of who we are as a people, we try to simplify it. And, and that's a good thing to do. It's important to make complicated things as simple as you can. Sometimes it helps, but sometimes the simplification becomes the problem. And I believe this took place with the three angels' messages within the Adventist church because the simplification... The caricature, if you will. You know what a caricature is? Somebody draws a picture of you that exaggerates certain parts of you, and you can recognize it as you, but it doesn't really look like you. I think that's what happened to the three angels' messages. It became a caricature, and this is what it was. The first angel talked about the investigative judgment, and if you're of a certain age, that phrase probably makes you uncomfortable, and if you're younger than that certain age, you probably have no idea what I'm even talking about. The second angel is saying, all the churches except us are bad. Okay? And, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Not seeing that. And the caricature of the third is, if you want to go to heaven, don't go to church on Sunday. Yeah. Not exactly. It's a caricature. It's a cartoon. It's not the fullness, but it's a distortion of certain elements within it. So, so I want us to put the caricature aside for this series. And I want to give you a different context. The first angel comes and announces the victory of God. The second angel comes and announces the failure of man. And the third angel comes and warns us, be a part of God's victory, not a part of man's failure. So that's our frame. Victory of God, failure of man, choose to be part of God's victory. It's about finding your place and our place in the bigger story of what God is doing. And I hope in this that you will come to understand why being a Seventh-day Adventist is not the same as just being generic Christian. It's associated with mission. But to understand that, I'm going to need you to invest yourselves in this process. This is important. We're going to put in some support elements here. There's going to be some group opportunities, and Julie's going to come here in a minute, and we're going to talk about that. 
Next week, we're going to start three messages on the victory of God, the first angel's message. Next week's subject is the everlasting gospel, where it all starts and the centerpiece of the victory of God. Then the week after that, we'll talk about God as creator. Then the week after that, the absolute necessity of judgment. And then we'll spend three weeks on the failure of man and all the different forms that it takes. And then we'll take three weeks talking about the importance of choosing and how you make your choice. This is cumulative. And you will only benefit to the ultimate if you will agree to participate each week as we grow and learn. Here's the thing about this. God led us to choose this theme almost a year ago before we had any idea what 2020 was going to be like. I don't think that was an accident. I think that these are the right words at the right time. These are ancient words, but they're ever true. And if we let them, they are words that change me and words that change you. Do you want to know where you fit in this bigger story? Do you want to be a part of the victory of God? I hope you commit to be a part of this, to hear these ancient words.